Thanks for downloading and listening to a Quick Timeout podcast presented by Dr. Dish Basketball. If you're in the market for a shooting machine, look no further than Dr. Dish Basketball's incredible lineup of shooting machines. Their CT, All-Star Plus, and Rebel Plus models have been bought by thousands of programs around the world, while their home model is being used by players all over the country, right in their own backyards and driveways. New to the lineup this year is the Dr. Dish facility model for those with basketball training businesses. These machines are must-have for those looking to take their shooting to the next level. To find out more, visit drdishbasketball.com. I want to welcome Coach Kevin Eastman to the show. Coach, it says on your bio you retired from basketball in 2016, but judging from your social media, it, it sure doesn't look like you're retired. No, I call it renewed, actually. So it's just uh, kind of refreshing uh, the things that I'm doing. And, uh, you know, you know, Tony, as a, as a coach, generally you can just impact those, say, 12 to 15 players that you have on your team that particular year. And since I've gotten out of coaching, uh, I now have the opportunity both in the corporate world and in the sports team world to maybe have some impact on many more numbers than just 15 each year. So that's kind of the driving force of what I'm doing. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. And now I don't have to uh, be on Doc Rivers' schedule anymore. I can be in my own personal schedule. Um, So I'm not getting those 2 a.m. phone calls at Doc asking, hey, what do you think of the zone defense last night? So, um, so that's been a fun, uh, a fun part of it, too, where you can control your own schedule. One of the things that I know you've been busy with is your book, Why the Best are the Best, 25 Powerful Words that Impact, Inspire, and Define Champions. How did that come about? One of the challenges I had in my life that I put on myself is uh, to at some point write a book because I do so much reading myself, uh, and not just of books, because people always ask me that, well, what books are you reading? I'll read articles, uh, I'll read blogs, newsletters, anything that can provide information that might give me a new idea or help me move forward in whatever it is that I'm doing. But um, the book was a personal challenge I had to see, really, if I could do it. Uh, I'm I'm not a lifelong uh, writer, so uh, I think it was a fun thing to put uh, on myself. And the content was 35 years in the making through my years in sports as a, as a coach, either at the collegiate level, as an assistant or a head coach, or my uh, 13 years in the NBA uh, with Doc. And uh, so I just decided, okay, let me, let me just see. I, I have a great curiosity on why successful people are successful. So why are the best? actually the best. What do they do? How do they think? What are their routines? What words do they seem to always use whenever they're answering questions about how they've become successful? And that's how the concept of the words came in, because as I went back and reviewed all the years of my reading and notes, there were certain words that popped up whenever the best in their field were talking about how they became the the, the best or how they became their best. So I ended up uh, I ended up starting out with I think I think it was 92 words and whittled them down to 25 and and those are what I call the power words because uh, those 25 words many people uh, will read the book and they'll say oh I have those words in my vocabulary but the difference is this the people who end up becoming their best or the best they don't just have these words in their vocabulary 
they live these words every day. And that's the separator uh, between successful people and unsuccessful people. They actually live these 25 power words each and every day when they enter their lives on that particular day. Were there any words that maybe surprised you a little bit? Um, no, not really. And maybe because I wrote it 35 years after, mm -hmm. and uh, after, you know, doing all this reading. So basically, I guess it was 35 years of research, discussions, uh, debates, arguments, those types of things, uh, listening, thinking about it. So I, I guess they were kind of in my head anyway. Uh, I just needed to put it on paper. So I often get asked, well, how did you rank them? And uh, I actually didn't because I can't. Uh, the only ones I, I really wanted to make sure I ranked were the first word and the 25th word, and those were purposeful. And the reason the first word, I think, is the most important word in all of success, no matter what we do, if we're a coach, if we're a manager, if we're a VP, if we sit uh, at the table in the C-suite of corporate America, it does not matter this word is the single most important word for anyone's success or any team's success. And that word is the first word I, I talk about in the book. And the word is truth. Because my feeling is, if we don't know the truth, how can we really get to where we want to go as a team, as a company, as a, uh, a sports team, or even as an individual? So that was the first word. And then the last word, as people will see, is 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 just this concept of talent and talented. Because I think too many people think it's all about the talent. Mm -hmm. And it's not just the talent. Because the last place team in the NBA, they have basketball players with talent. They really do. They're just not quite as good as some of the other players in the NBA. But when you compare them to players across the country, all the players who play basketball, they're in the top probably 2% of all of the players that play this game. So they have talent. So it's just not talent alone that helps a player get to where he wants to go or helps a, a company or a sports team gets to where, get to where it wants to go. The best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love Huddle Assist. With Assist, you can get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats, in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And Assist is more than just the box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stats like lineup data, VPS, and of course, effective field goal shooting percentage to coach smarter. Plus, Assist brings your stats to life. Combined with HD quality, automatically captured film from the Huddle Focus smart camera, every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happened. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com slash visit huddle.com slash assist. That's huddle.com slash assist to learn more. Going back to that word truth, I'm guessing for a lot of people and especially for young coaches, uh, I remember not too long ago being in kind of the same position, but just finding that I'm assuming that you're kind of connecting that a little bit to kind of the reason for what they're doing and why they're doing it. How would you advise somebody who is a younger coach that is looking for that and kind of giving purpose and meaning to what they're doing? How would you advise them going about doing that and not floundering maybe for the first few years trying to figure that out? 
Well, a couple of things quickly come to mind when you ask that question. One of the, the important ingredients of truth for it to work for us is we have to do a truth audit. We have to audit ourselves, just like we audit our checkbook, just like we audit our expenses, uh, so we can keep on track. And uh, in a truth audit, you're really deep diving deep into yourself and based on just kind of reflecting off of your question, you know, what is it that I truly want to do and why do I want to do this? I love the word why and I hate it because it's now becoming so overused that people are just forgetting about its true meaning. But deep down in your heart and your fiber, why do you want to coach? And, and that should be one of the foundational pillars that you, uh, you walk onto that floor every single day with. And, and I would think part of the why is that you want to help those that you are coaching uh, reach their dreams and goals. And then along the way, part of your truth edit audit is maybe, because I think we're all in this place, gosh, I, I, I need to find out more about myself. Who could help me uh, see, see my blind spots? And those are your mentors. Those are your truth tellers. And you have to get some truth tellers in your life. So for those young people who are entering coaching, maybe just in their own town, you know, who do they look up to? Who can they maybe meet for coffee? Because generally when you talk about someone just breaking into coaching, you're also talking about someone who's got very little extra money in their pocket to maybe fly to clinics, to maybe hire a personal coach. Uh, so use people that are already in your life, people that you trust that what they tell you will be unfiltered and that what they tell you will be in your best interests, not their best interests. It could be a business person in town. It could be uh, someone in your family. It, it could be a coach at the high school who's maybe coached forever, maybe football, and uh, uh, they've been successful. You can learn from them and, and maybe have them give you some indications about uh, what they think uh, you're doing well and not doing well. And to me, one of the simplest questions is, is this, and we all should do this from time to time. Ask a trusted friend or a trusted coworker, hey, if you could only use three words, three single words to describe me, what would they be? Hmm. And you tell them up front, they can be words that have negative meanings or they can be positive. And one of those words may be procrastinates. I would put that in the negative category. One of those words could be caring. Uh, whatever it is that they use to describe you. Because, and don't just ask one. If you have a couple people, ask them because you may find some consistencies. Mm -hmm. I think it's a great thing to do, uh, but you have to feel good about doing it. I think it's a great thing to do with the, with the team. And maybe you don't do it by putting your name on it. But sometimes it's an eye-opener. But one word makes those people who are filling that out or telling that to you, they got to think a little bit uh, about you know, who do I think Kevin Eastman really is? So and one could be talker. You know, you talk too much mm -hmm. and you bug people because of it. But it also gives you some start, gives you some conversation points with which to evaluate yourself. Speaking of working with teams, you travel around and, and do speak to a lot of teams. And as, as you talk to those individuals and talk to the groups collectively, what message do you really feel like young people today are needing to hear most? Well, there's a few. Uh, number one is we, we, we don't have all the answers even when we're uh, in our 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. As a matter of fact, the smartest people, 
and the most successful people are the ones who actually are still asking the questions to find out more of the answers. You either help them or help their team or help their company. So that would be number one. And number two, when you use the term young people, that means they're still starting. So there's a long way to go. You know, a basketball season, even a life journey of trying to fulfill yourself and become successful, it may seem like a sprint at times, but it's truly a marathon. And there's more race to run. And as I like to say, everyone, if they would wake up and they would think of this thought relatively quick in their day, I would say for them to think about this. There's more inside each of us. So our job is to pull that out or maybe get our truth tellers to pull that out or maybe get our truth audit to pull that out of us. But, you know, Michael Jordan said it best. He said, success doesn't stop once you get there. And that really is a mantra, a philosophy of most successful people. They've just gotten to a new spot a new level, maybe the next level, but they're not satisfied because they know that there's a little bit more inside them. And that doesn't mean to put pressure on yourself, but I don't think anyone wakes up and the first question they say is, how can I be the worst in the country at what I do? I don't think anyone wakes up doing that. I really think very few people wake up and say, how can I be just mediocre? Maybe in, in the world of coaching, how can I be the, the most mediocre coach that there is in, in, in this coaching profession? I, I don't think anyone wakes up like that. I do think people wake up, and, and maybe throughout their week, maybe not every day, they, they might say, gosh, I probably should have done that a little bit better. Or I can be maybe a little bit more. Or I'm not pushing myself maybe as much as I need to. I think more people wake up like that. They just don't say it. But at some point, maybe throughout a week, I'm not going to say it's every day, but maybe throughout the week, they'll, they'll say or feel like, gosh, I could, have done, I could have done the job that they did. Well, guess what? They did it and you didn't. So the next question becomes, how can I do that? How can I put myself in a position to do that, to do that job? So I think young people here need to hear those things. And they also need to hear what, what people, whatever field they're in, whatever craft they have chosen, there is people who have been there before them, who have already experienced success and have already experienced failure. I would try and get around those people if I could, if I were young. And I, I wish I had done a better job of that. But I was too shy when I was young and introverted to, to kind of do that. So the way I did it was I tried to read about them as much as I could. I absorbed as much as I could. Because you can learn about a lot of people that you'll never meet. Even those people you know, like even in the coaching profession, let's say basketball, a, a, a Coach K, most of your listeners won't ever have a chance to sit down with him for five minutes and ask him questions. But purchase all his books. Read all of his post-game comments. You know, those are ways you can learn how he thinks because there's a lot of material out there on Coach K. So you can actually get a lot of his knowledge without ever meeting him. So those are some things that pop into my head. All of that is really what I want to ask next, and it's something that you talk about in a lot of different ways, and one of the words that you talk a lot about is preparation, and one of the phrases that you will sometimes use is, be there before you get there. So for an, an aspiring coach or a coach who maybe is an assistant and wants to be a head coach someday, or again, a younger coach, 
how can they be there before they get there right now? Well, Tony, you said sometimes you'll use that that, uh, phrase or that definition, be there before you get there. And I would actually say all the time I use that phrase uh, (laughs) because I think it's so important, even for me in my speaking. Like when I get to the city that I'm speaking in, I want to see the room. And in particular, as silly as this is, I want to see, okay, if they have a podium, they have a microphone, and some of the cords are set up for the PowerPoint, where are they? Because think about this. If you're listening to a speaker and you're, you, you, like you're ready to listen and ready to learn, and all of a sudden that speaker falls over the wires and trips and lays down on stage, that's hard as the speaker to get up and get the respect of the audience again. So I want to know where those wires are beforehand, right? And I want to see the way the seating arrangement is. How much do I have to go side to side on the stage so that I can make sure that I have eye contact with the entire scope of the audience? So, so I want to be there before I get there. You know, I practiced my first speech 50 times, five zero times, before I gave it the very first time in the corporate world. So I had already been there 50 times before. And for a young coach, or even any coach, as you're going to start your career, maybe it's your first practice ever, see yourself in that practice. See, Maybe even uh, uh, practice the, uh, the way you're going to teach a particular drill in your TV room at home one month ahead of practice, right? One month before you start. Get used to saying the words you want to use. Get used to making the teaching points that you want to make. So that's what I mean by be there before you get there. You know, a first-time coach, the very first time that the score is tied, seven seconds left and it's your team's ball, sideline out of bounds, I've already thought about that. Figure out what you want to do. Maybe one of your players comes storming off the floor when you take them out. Already have thought about that. What might you want to do if that happens? Because if you let the emotion of an emotional moment take over, many times you're going to say, I wish I hadn't done it. I wish I hadn't said it. So be there before you get there. Think about these things well ahead of time. If you're going to interview for a job, see yourself already interviewing. Try and determine some of the questions that logically will be asked and then go about trying to answer them. But do it in a, in a non-pressured situation at your own uh, coffee table at home or your own little bar there at home, whatever it is. So uh, those are the things that I mean by uh, and why I say preparation is, is really, really important. One of the things that I like to ask uh, of coaches who have been doing this for a while, and it may be something that you've already spoke to, but in just a few sentences, what piece of advice would you have for the 23-year-old Kevin Eastman if you could talk to him? Be even a better lifelong learner because probably I really, really, really started to read books and, and that type of thing. I've always read articles, but I started to read deeper into, into books uh, in, in my early 30s. I wish now, actually, I had started it when I was a player in college because I would have gotten a head start on some people. So I would say that, you know, there's two types of people in this world. There are learn-it-alls and there are know-it-alls. And the learn-it-alls are the ones who really, they're the ones that always seem to, to reach their goals and fulfill their dreams. Just be a constant learner. That would be my uh, first piece of advice. Because, you know, I think we started out this discussion on, hey, not everybody knows everything. Jay Billis said something to me that will stick with me forever. Um, and many of your listeners know, will know who Jay is in terms of uh, ESPN and college basketball. But he said to me one time, he said, Kevin, you know, 
everyone you meet knows something that you don't. And when I walked away from that, it immediately taught me a lesson that I need to pay attention to everybody. It doesn't matter how old, doesn't matter how much experience, doesn't matter if they even think differently than I think. If I listen long enough, I'll probably learn something for sure. Before I let you go, you want to let people know where they can either connect with you or follow you on social media or even buy your book? The Twitter is at Kevin Eastman, and a number of the bullet points that we kind of threw out uh, today, there's over 2,000 of those. I usually put one out, some type of thought on teamwork, coaching, career advancement, culture, uh, leadership. It'll be in those areas uh, once a day, five days a week, Monday through Friday, because I think all of us got to get off social media at some point. So that's the Saturday and Sunday uh, for the people who follow me anyway for my Twitter. So it would be at Kevin Eastman. And then the book you can you can order from uh, from our website, kevineastman.net, and that would be E-A-S-T-M-A-N. So kevineastman.net, and you'll see prompts to take you to uh, the place you can order the book. Coach, I really appreciate you taking the time for us today. No, pleasure's mine. Uh, I, I love the concept of this, the quick hit, because uh, so many of us are, are running around 100 miles an hour. So I actually will have to get a technical foul because I think I spent more than a 20-second time out no, here. No, 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 you did great. You did great. Thanks so much, Coach. All right, man. Thanks.